0: Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Marineland Boating Center, It Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmontz's Sandwich Shop, the Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen,
1: here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show heads on the road tomorrow. Road work. And it will be, will be headed to Kansas City for the Big 12 Men's and Women's Tournaments. John Morris and I will be there for the action and very excited as we look at the, uh, I've started really looking at the schedules, seeing when uh, those Kansas fans will take over at about two o'clock Thursday in one of those quarterfinals. They'll, they'll of course, play the winner of that play-in game between the eight and nine seeds in the tournament. West Virginia will be involved in that one and uh, we'll see if Huggy can get through. That's a good, I mean, that's, this is as deep, especially if they had to let Oklahoma State play, this is as deep a tournament as we've seen in several years. There's usually one major clunker involved, and uh, West Virginia's not that bad. Kansas State's not bad. We know Iowa State's not uh, because we saw what they did the other day. So it's going to be a fun tournament. I was looking, I just heard uh, <clears throat> our in our intro there, Talking about schmaltz Schmaltz is a big part of our our coverage for the Big 12 tournament. These sponsors are just awesome. Twisted Creek uh, is uh, has come to us, of course, with that big land sale coming up at out in uh, Hamilton Comanche. That uh, it's really going to be a neat deal They're with us. Uh, a a really an unbelievable group of sponsors, and uh, throughout our coverage, we'll be. Uh, touting all of those sponsors. You'll hear about them and all the people who are helping us uh, get on this one. I my boy, my, my uh, longtime uh, friend Roy Nash is involved, uh, NeighborWorks Waco. I mean, it just goes on and on, and we are so pleased. And then I was just uh, looking over and listening to the Hall of Fame coming up. Of course, that's a Saturday event, and I was, I was looking earlier today at an email I had for the uh, – uh, the press part of that the news conference everybody involved some huge names going in including rg3 and it's uh it it's just a remarkable list it's a reminder of how many uh how many great people we've had that have come from texas or become stars here in the state for professionally college and that texas sports hall of fame is just one of the greatest things we have in central texas it's uh it was a treasure when I was a kid, when it was in Grand Prairie. And then the good folks of Waco, um, Baylor, I know Grant Taff, uh, Frank Fallon's son, Steve Fallon, Jay Black, his staff. There's just a, a long group of people. Mr. Campbell, Dave Campbell, of course, played a large role in it that uh, we wanted to bring the Texas Sports Hall of Fame to um uh, to waco and they did it and it's become just an amazing thing an amazing event and that'll take place of course on the uh, saturday the 12th and i'll be making my way back uh well let's just wait and see i may have to take part of course in that championship game saturday and then the women will be uh, hopefully playing for a championship on sunday so i uh you know, I'm hoping, Aaron, that I just get to extend my stay right on through till Monday. I do not want to, because I've got to catch the women winning that title, and um, we got to we got to be there and be in position for all of that. So, going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be great to cover it all. And I've just got to kind of figure out how to make sure I'm at the women's games, the men's games, uh, all that fun stuff. But John Morris will have his show three o'clock. I'll have mine at four. There is some special coverage I think we're going to have Friday because the women's game is going to be taking place at 130. Uh John's show, I believe, is going to air at noon that day. And uh <laughs> Aaron, hopefully hopefully you're aware of that since you're the producer of that fine show. But we'll we'll get it all we'll get it all worked out. And uh Tom Barfield's done a nice job coordinating all our coverage and taking care of all those things as we get very excited about the big trip to the Big 12 tournament. Now, Aaron, um, reminder to everybody, Eric Edom from Yahoo Sports is going to join us at 420, and he'll be commenting on those unbelievable performances at the Combine by the Baylor players. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, the, the speed, we've been talking about it yesterday. Eric is what I believe to be the number one, at least in writing, uh, Daniel Jeremiah does a great job in NFL Network on TV. But as far as writers go, there's really not anybody better than Eric Edmond from Yahoo Sports. So get your draft questions ready. If you've got a draft question and Aaron uh, and I deem it worthy of taking it to the air, and um, <laughs> Aaron, let's not act like we have the highest <laughs> threshold. I mean, if you ask a decent question, we'll take it to the air. Uh, you can text us at 254 662 Sixteen sixty Again, that's 254-662-1660. Now, this has been a crazy day. Of course, I'm going to fly out in the morning to Kansas City. And so tomorrow afternoon, I'll be doing the show uh, either from the Coliseum or I'll do it from the uh, media. Uh, we, we'll, I'll be at the media hotel, and so I'll be in the workroom doing all that. We'll have a uh, we'll have a great presentation wherever we are, and we'll have all kinds of fun guests stopping by. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Our coverage, but Aaron, the uh, what happened in the NFL today? It's just one of those crazy. In fact, I had been booked for Thursday, or maybe it was tomorrow to go on with Colin Cowherd to talk about some stuff the Cowboys were going to do. Uh, Aaron, as you might anticipate, that <laughs> that has been postponed, yeah. that uh, appearance. and I'm not offended because some other huge things have happened in the NFL. I thought the biggest story today was going to be Aaron Rodgers getting a an extension. I mean, he's 37 years old. He was saying all that stuff that made you think that it was the end of the days for him in Green Bay. They had drafted that quarterback in the first round. He gets two straight MVPs. He's still one of the best two or three quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the best. Aaron, how does four years, two hundred million sound to you?
2: <laughs> Sounds like a lot of money with uh, with yeah. uh, a hundred fifty million and change guaranteed. He is denying that that he signed a contract, but we talked a little bit about it on John's show. Tom Barfield and I right now i believe ian rappaport's report on the contract more than i do aaron Rodgers saying it's untrue
1: yeah aaron just, also said he was immunized yeah immunized. that's exactly right we <laughs> talked about that he
2: he he has a way with word salad yeah, you know uh-huh. and so
1: he can play uh, with the semantics now what's really tricky in this deal is that if you noticed aaron the the person who broke the news today was that pat um McAfee, the the former punter who has Mm -hmm. the the, the TV slash kind of podcast radio show. And Aaron goes on there on a weekly basis. And so Aaron basically let Pat break the news. And I'm sure what happened is maybe the Packers didn't want it out. Who knows exactly? But once that was on there, Ian Rappaport took it and ran with it. Well, Ian Rappaport's also very close to that show and goes on with him and has a good time with Pat. Well, Pat, I mean, after after Rappaport puts it out there, Pat comes on and says, no, this is wrong. But again, I'm with you. Rappaport works for the league. He works for the NFL Network. He's usually not out there too far over his skis. So if if he's off by a million or so, whatever, I mean, he's in the ballpark and it and it looks like what it will come out to is about fifty million dollars a year for this quarterback. Again, hundred and fifty of it is guaranteed. I mean, we we thought it was insane when Mahomes got that deal for forty million a year. And you know what's gonna happen is what we predicted at the time, Aaron. The that that ten year deal or whatever crazy long term deal, there'll be a time. When Pat Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes is is great as he is, if he continues to be as good, and I think he will, that'll look like a bargain deal. Like there were people that said that the the Chiefs got too good a deal on that. That Patrick Mahomes gave them a good deal. Lee Steinberg did that deal. And when you see a thirty seven year old quarterback. Who I maybe you could make the argument he's still in his prime. We used to not think quarterbacks at that age are in their prime. Stafford just won a Super Bowl at that age, and uh, the uh, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl recently at age what Aaron forty three when he won it forty four, and so I it it's I think it changes with quarterbacks like when they're sometimes the prime seems to be from maybe the twenty six all the way now to like 37 or 38. I mean, it's kind of crazy how these things get extended. Cowboys fans are hoping that that means that Dak Prescott has a lot more good years as he is 28 years old. I mean, if you think about it, Aaron, isn't it wild to think about that if, if Dak got another huge deal... He's going to have a chance to get another. I mean, again, that would be a good thing for Cowboys fans because it means he's done great for them. But he I think he's going to be up again by the time he's 32 years old with a four year deal that he did. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the way it comes out. Whereas Mahomes did a 10 year deal. He basically said, you know what? If you'll pay me enormous money, I'll just go ahead and stay with you all forever. And that's the deal Mahomes did. And so he'll he won't come free until he's 35 years old or something like that, but uh, it's um, or maybe 36 or 37. It is remarkable. Well, on top of all this, let me look at my time here. Okay, the, so that was a huge breaking news story. And then the other part of that is what what do you do with Jordan Love? And can you get a second round pick? Are teams desperate enough <clears throat> to have a quarterback? that they would give up a second-round pick for what they hoped Jordan Love could become. You, You wonder if the Packers would be doing this if they thought Jordan Love was all that great. Now, the complicating factor is they have an aging quarterback who keeps winning MVPs. And so maybe they would be doing this even if they thought Jordan Love was great, but I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like if they thought Jordan Love... Was like that one year Patrick Mahomes sat out. Well, the next year the Chiefs knew this is our guy. We ride or die with Patrick Mahomes. The Packers just never got to that point, point. and they've just Rogers has just had him over a barrel um, this whole time, and so he ends up he he ends up getting paid huge. Now more breaking news today. You thought well Schefter? Oh no, Schefter didn't have the story. Well then Schefter pops him. With his own huge (laughs) story. Um, The Seattle Seahawks trade Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. We wondered if Aaron Rodgers might end up with the Broncos. Russell Wilson now going to the Broncos at age 33. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been a nine-time Pro Bowler in his 10 years in the league. And Seahawks get two first-round picks, two second-round picks. Noah Fant, decent tight end, I mean, pretty good, but not—I mean, not great. You—you do fantasy, Aaron. You know Noah Fant. He's okay. Doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, for what I've seen. Uh, puts up pretty decent numbers, six or seven hundred yards as a, as a tight end. And they get a, a Shelby, somebody name escapes me right now. Pretty good defensive lineman. But you don't trade. I mean, you can't celebrate. Oh my gosh, we got Shelby, the defensive tackle, and Noah Fant, the tight end, and Drew Locke. Bottom line is, Denver pushed it all in, kind of like what the Rams did, kind of like what uh, I mean. I, I you could say it's what the Bucks did with the Brady, but they didn't have to trade for Brady. Brady hit free agency, so they come in here on a trade and they get Russell Wilson. I can understand why Seattle fans are upset. First of all, Seattle doesn't have a reputation for drafting that great anyway. And two firsts and two seconds for this caliber of a quarterback. Now, Aaron, you and I may have some disagreement on how we see Russell Wilson at this point. I think we'd have to agree he's been a great quarterback and he's been like a top five quarterback for a long time. Is he faded a little bit? Maybe. But I think now the Broncos have done what they did with Peyton. They're getting a quarterback, and, and, and again, he's not even that advanced age. Is Russell hurt? No. I think he's okay. I think Russell's going to be okay. 33 years old, can still move, beautiful thrower of the deep ball, and he's going to Denver where they have really good defensive players and tremendous weapons at receiver. Judy, Cortland Sutton. Who's that other guy, Aaron? You know these players. Tim somebody. Tim him. Patrick, uh, Hamler yeah. is their
2: speed guy. They, they, you're absolutely right. They have some really, really good receivers.
1: And Javon, what's their running back's name? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty
2: Javonte good Williams. Back.
1: Yeah, Javonte Williams, pretty good running back. Mm-hmm. So, i I think Denver's the clear winner in this deal. And uh, we'll talk more about it. But what a huge day in the NFL. If you want to sound off on that, use our text line, 254-662-1660. It's a very popular thing with our listeners. You can get directly to us. Aaron and I are checking it uh, very regularly. And if you have a draft question, we have a huge draft guru from Yahoo Sports coming up. None other than Eric Edom.
3: He is next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike Lapointe. It'll be part Lake Body tonight. It's going to be a cold night with some patchy fog developing right along I-35 and then areas off to the east. Low temperatures drop to 26 degrees and lots of sunshine tomorrow. It's going to be warmer with a high of 62. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Matt Mosley,
4: weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Do we know what
1: artisanal bread means? Is that just a fancy way of saying bread?
2: I think it's a fancy way of saying not regular old bread. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like
2: We did something Uh, a little different from this. It's artisanal.
1: Not regular old bread. I wish they'd just say that. Just put that on the menu, not regular old (laughs) bread. The Matt Mosley
4: Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Tom, Ward, and Garrett, weekdays 7 and 9 on ESPN Central Texas.
0: Tickets and sponsorships are now available for the 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Banquet, presented by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. The class of 2022 includes Bob Beeman, Chris Bosch, Robert Griffin III, Tony Parker, Carly Patterson, Mike Renfro, Susie Snyder-Effers, and Stacey Sikora. Meet this year's inductee class on Saturday, March 12th in the base at Extraco Event Center in Waco. To purchase tickets, please visit tshof.org or call 254-756-1633.
7: 80.
8: How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety in our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com.
4: ESPN Radio Sports
9: Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams & Sons Roofing. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. Cowboys have asked Demarcus Lawrence to take a pay cut. So far, he's rejected the idea. Cowboys also said they'll not use the franchise tag on Randy Gregory. Instead, they'll use the tag on tight end Dalton Schultz. Jim Littell will not return as Oklahoma State women's basketball coach next season, the school announced. He will coach the Big 12 tournament this week in Kansas City. Despite the MLB lockout, Mike Capps, the voice of the Round Rock Express, on with game time this morning, was asked. If baseball will be affected in Round Rock?
7: Absolutely zero. I'm proud
4: to say uh, we're going to start April the 5th against the El Paso Chihuahuas and play 150 game season. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. <laughs>
1: It is uh, Matt Mosley's show, ESP in Central Texas, as we prepare for my trip to the Big 12 Tournament. John Morris going as well. We are joined by a man right now who had just uh, hoped to maybe stretch his legs, relax, try to get his feet back under him after a uh, long period of time there in Indi- Indianapolis. The Combine. And uh, I I tell you, Eric, uh, before we get to your uh, combine, all your nuggets, winners, losers, all of that, I mean, how about today in the NFL? I mean, I thought that story was pretty crazy yesterday. Player going to be out for a year for gambling on the game. That was a weird, uh, funky story. You you knew some of these things were coming, like players, uh, they've got to be franchise tags, some league business type stuff that needed to take place. And we get two haymakers today uh, with Aaron Rodgers, and then of course uh, the Russell Wilson trade. Um, you followed Russell Wilson. First of all, let me get your gut take on this. Is this a uh, is this a runaway win for the Broncos? It does seem like my buddies who are big Se- Seahawks fans are taking this very hard, and uh, and they are. Uh, they are, they are hating this deal so far. What was your uh, what was your initial take when you saw what came back to Seattle?
10: Yeah, I, it doesn't feel like as big a whopper. I mean, you know, you see three players and four picks and all this, and you start to think, wow, they sure got a lot. But, you know, I don't know that they did. I really don't because you still have the question, even with Drew Locke going to Seattle, of, of who the starting quarterback will be, whether it's Locking somebody in a competition? Do they make a move for a veteran? Is there a draft, a player they want to take in the draft, like a Malik Willis? You know, that remains unsolved. So they're going to have to use something, some of that ammunition, to get another quarterback. Um, you know, Noah Fant, fine. Shelby Harris, fine. You know, I just, to get the ninth pick in this year's draft, which is considered a weaker draft at the top, much weaker than last year, I believe, you know, you're not going to get uh, a Rayshon Slater or Micah Parsons there, right? You're going to get a bit more of a question mark with a lower ceiling. And next year's first-round pick, under the assumption that Russell Wilson makes the, the Broncos a good football team, may not be that high. So, that and losing your, your franchise pillar, even if he was at odds with the head coach and didn't seem fully happy, feels like a, a pretty big loss to me. And I And I still haven't heard a a justification of the deal that makes me like it more for Seattle.
1: All right. I I want you to think back to when Jordan Love, it wasn't that long ago, was coming out yeah. uh, in the draft, and you it, you obviously studied him, listened to everybody, did all your reporting, and, and broke his uh, game down. It, it, with everything Rodgers has sort of put the Packers through and everything, if they were in love with Jordan Love, I mean, like, basically is – if I mean Rogers just has played so well and won these MVPs, but he's but he's been difficult to deal with in the offseason, as we all know. Yep. Where do you think what does this do to Jordan Love? I mean, it's obviously now you think it's probably like Jimmy G or something, but Jimmy G, as I recall, was what, a second round pick, or he, he was not a first round pick like Love. Right. how do you how do you view him now in and, and how do you think the Packers view jordan love like what do you still see like extreme upside or are you like pretty skeptical about his future
10: well you know if we if we work under the assumption that you know even if rogers doesn't play all four years of the reported four-year deal you have to think he's coming back for probably multiple years and that this was you know at the very least a cap solution to, to spread the money out and, and clear up money for Devonte adams and whatnot so if that's the case, you know, Jordan Love has two more years on his deal plus the the fifth year option that either the Packers or if they trade him another team would have to uh, enact and 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 use. So, it doesn't feel like Love has a whole lot of value in Green Bay and you know, some people have even gone so far to suggest that oh, well, wow, the reason they wanted Aaron Rodgers badly, so badly, was more about Jordan Love than it was about Rodgers. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. Like that that can't really be the case, right? You brought up Jimmy G with the the Brady uh, example. That's a great, you know, comp as far as a team just realizing we got to cut bait, we got to get something for him. So I suspect the trade is in play, especially when you consider that the two biggest dominoes have already fallen, right? Wilson and Rodgers off the market. Jimmy G shoulder surgery. Deshaun Watson you know, a legal situation holding him up. There's really not that much in terms of intrigue. And the draft offers, you know, some dark throws. But, boy, I mean, Jordan Love is five months younger than Kenny Pickett. So, you know, if we think about it from that perspective,
9: Mm -hmm. he's
10: got a very friendly contract. You've got two years to figure out if he's the guy. I would think some team gives at least a second-round pick or, you know, somewhere around there uh to to kick the tires on him whether that's seattle carolina tampa bay you know whoever new orleans the saints did a lot of work on him washington did a lot of work on him before the draft so you know then again he was on the board for the first 25 picks of that draft so mm-hmm. you know let's not overrate him either he's only started one game and, and his rookie year was kind of wiped out so it's hard to know but i would assume that the packers are are open for business on that one
1: yeah I mean the main question is, can you remember what size hands uh Jordan love had
10: yeah, big ones yeah and i think I think he had ten inch hands, so
1: oh, that wow. right there
10: might bump him up to like a, a second and a and a and a fifth rounder or something like
1: that yeah, with those gigantic hands because, you know pickett <laughs> pickett's a small handed man That's it's right. funny i i Malik i I I've I already was interested in him, but uh, isn't it interesting? I mean, you know that that um, picture of him helping the homeless person in Indianapolis. It's like, yeah. well, no character concerns here. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's a good kid already going into that. Uh, but uh, it is, it, it's it's always kind of fun to see what people are like when they don't think anybody's watching. And uh, right. I think that really speaks pretty highly of him. Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports joined the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Now let's get to the real headliner of the uh, of the combine, and that was the Baylor Bears coming in there and just showing out. And uh, yeah, I hope you I hope you really felt pretty good, and you poked your chest out there, knowing you had been really, you know, I had very I'd prepared you for some of these speed numbers. I don't think I maybe yeah. predicted. What um, maybe for Taekwon? Now Boogie Barnes is a big time track guy with track background from Silsby, Texas. What? Um, but did Taekwon running what he did? I guess that ended up officially being a four to eight. I mean, I think when he first did it, it was like a what was it four one or whatever. I mean, was uh, right. was the Ty, was the Taekwon Thornton even more surprising? I mean, I I, I hate to say it because Boogie's the fastest DB ever but was was the Thornton the most surprising of the two as far as posting that that kind of number
10: I thought he'd run fast I thought both guys would run fast you know I, I had forgotten Barnes was even invited to the combine when we spoke last time and uh you know he was a little more overlooked than of the two of them I would say coming into the event but yeah I you know I I thought he'd be one of the five or six guys who who would be in in competition for that top spot and couple of guys I thought would would run didn't and you know you never never know what it's going to be like but boy I mean he he really showed out he's a he's a slimmer guy so he needed I think uh, a pretty big number on the 40 to to you know keep his stock in what's considered a really deep and and talented uh receiver class but yeah that's that's about as good as you could hope for and you know obviously t- testing times aren't going to boost every single player up. They're not, you know, the end all be all in scouting. The tape is still King and all that, but you never hurt yourself by running fast. Right. I mean, I look at, uh, Eric Stokes last year from Georgia. I think he ran a sub four three last year. If I recall, you know, there were scouts who put second and even third round grades on them. the Packers didn't care. They said, we see a superior athlete who can play in a, in a man coverage system. And he played pretty well. He played better than I thought he would. So, you know, it, it In in, at the right positions, wide receiver, corner, I think are two of the biggest ones. Probably, speed does matter. It is a track position, so that's why you see a lot of those players end up at those two spots. And I and I think both guys, you know, you know, did absolutely what they needed to and and added a little uh, a little extra sauce on top because that's uh, that's big time speed right there. And like you said, it's reflective of a program that's harvested a lot of really good athletes the last couple years.
1: I feel like we got better views, Eric, than we used to. You know, better camera angles and stuff, and you kind of get that ground level. I mean, it really. We used to kind of gather around some monitor in whatever room they stuck us in years ago, when we were, you know, when I was first doing this. And uh, and and so now, man, it's uh, it's pretty cool. You'll even hear like a crowd every once in a while when something goes up. I think it was I heard Taekwon say that nobody (laughs) cheered. So I think I heard him on an interview basically say that he didn't know what he'd run until he saw it on Twitter. I mean, think about that. He had time to go get his phone. Um, you know, kind of. Uh, I, I don't know how long. I, I mean, if, if right. they're like uh, if they're like my fourteen uh, year old, they can get to the phone pretty quickly. And uh, but but I thought that was wild. That I think we think in our minds <clears throat> that those guys get immediate feedback. They hear a crowd. They see a number. And Taekwon said he had to had to stroll around and get on his phone to see what he'd run.
10: Right. And, you know, even the initial times were met with scrutiny once, you know, we saw these kind of unreal numbers on day one and people were starting to, uh, you know, something wasn't quite adding up, right? I mean, even though the new turf at at Lucas Oil was considered fast, I don't know exactly what that means other than it's got, you know, it's a great surface to run on and then, you know, I – once those times were adjusted, I think there was a little bit of a panic going around, especially with guys who didn't run well. But yeah, it was it was a little bit of a different combine this year, especially with the forty yard dashes and some of the other workouts got canceled. It it, it felt like a chaotic year. So yeah, what a, what a strange thing. I mean, these guys have been training for this for six eight weeks in some cases, even longer for some players, depending on how long they've been off. And you know they they're getting instant times at whatever facility they're at or if they're at yeah. school. Like that, so yeah, it had to be a tense little moment. I'm sure he knew he ran fast, though. There's no doubt about that.
1: All right, check that out. They put a film short out for Kalen uh, Boogie Barnes. Already got like a YouTube. Um, I wish I could think of the movie company that did it. It was like Sky High Productions or something. But anyway, they, uh, they, uh, yeah, get, check that out. It's a nice little, uh, nice little film. Now, uh, JT Woods slacking. At what, like a four three six? The Baylor. What a, what a fuck. The, the Baylor uh safety. Um and it, what did you um uh, what did you think of his performance at the combine? I mean, he was someone that already had caught your eye, I think, at yeah. the uh, senior bowl uh uh practices and, and had done some good things and I think even did something in the game as I recall. Highly productive Gets a lot of interceptions and kind of has a nose for the end zone as well. What do you do? You think um, people were pretty pleased? I guess in some ways, maybe JT confirmed what they would what they thought they would see.
10: Yeah, uh, yeah, another guy with a track background, obviously. And, and you're right. I mean, I think. You know, early in Senior Bowl week, I, I really didn't notice him. To be totally honest, and it's hard—you're watching, trying to watch a hundred players. But by the end of the week, you've at least seen, uh, you know, a handful of reps from every single guy, I would think, or at least most of them. And uh, yeah, but he—he he actually, I believe, made the game sealing interception there, and you know, made a nice job to kind of step in front of it there and and, and finish off the game. But he built some momentum throughout the week. I mean, it, it's hard for safeties in Mobile like that's just this is one of those positions running backs, another where you feel like, yeah, it's, it's really kind of hard to showcase in some of those, you know, seven on seven drills, obviously, or nine on seven. And even in the full teamwork, you don't really always get to notice the range of the safeties or their instincts, unless they're, you know, in man coverage or something like that. But yeah, I think he's really uh, improved his, his stock uh, throughout this off season. Now i mean, the, the jumping drills in Indy, in addition to the sub four, four forty you know, he's six, two plus, not a thickly built guy, small hands, but still, I mean, uh, I threw that in there just for you, by the way. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I, there's something about him. I, I, I want to go back. He's on a list of about 15 guys that I have, you know, more tape study needed, but you know, I think if he can kind of hone those instincts a little bit, I know he misplayed a couple of deep balls this year that I can recall from watching him a little, but the, you know, the, the range and the closing speed are there. Uh, you know, those those workout numbers absolutely will help them. It's a safety class where, you know, it's kind of three or four guys close to the top, including Jalen Petrie. And then after that, there's a lot of question marks. There's there's just not a lot of guys that are generating a ton of buzz right now. But he would be on that short list, I would think.
1: All right. And when you write about him, remember the heartbreak kid is his nickname okay breaks the hearts of quarterbacks okay yeah uh so hbk i think is what actually uh they call him on your list of um the uh winners and losers and that type of thing who um who other than these uh, baylor speedsters who really helped themselves the most i mean i i would think the georgia people you're like well they're gonna they're gonna be great the ones that did work out and of course they do test out great, and like one of those yeah. dudes was like 6'6", and 3'30", or whatever, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Um, but do, does it still resonate with scouts when guys go ahead and run and compete at the combine? I'm not saying they hold it against guys that don't, but does it, do you think it can give folks a boost? Is it still kind of a, a, a big deal to at least some of the scouts?
10: it matters. Yeah. I think the workouts do matter. And I think that was kind of the frustration of this past combine, like, you know, on, on Friday night, the running backs were getting set to run the three cone drill and the, and the shuttles. And all of a sudden it was just abruptly called off. And, and I mentioned the timing issues earlier. And, you know, so the, one of the issues too coming into the thing with their agents were upset about was they're going to be lifting and working out on the same day, You lift in the morning and, and work out at night. And, the agents are saying, well, what happened to the one day lag time that we used to have there? But if you're a wide receiver bench pressing and you hurt yourself, you know, are you going to go out there and try to catch passes? I don't think so. So a lot of people opted out of one or the other, most often the bench. So there was a little bit of frustration, both from the players and the and the scouts. But I do think it matters. They want to have a number if you're guessing at speed, you, you may guess wrong. You know, if you don't, if you're just watching the tape and estimating a player's speed and you can often do it, um, you know, you don't always get a sense for how fast they can run or how high they can jump, how much explosive athleticism they have, change of direction, all that. So getting a number helps obviously a, a poor number, whether it's hurt by, you know, because of an injury or something or, you know, because a player didn't have the right shoes or what have you, you know, that can hurt a guy. So, does it does it tilt the grade by a round or more? I don't think so. I, I do think it, it probably just helps kind of settle some ties, right? Some some tiebreakers in mm-hmm. certain positions or just kinda of level things out a little bit and give a little bigger, broader picture of who the prospect really is. So yeah, I, I think it carries weight.
1: All right, and uh in in right now the quarterback that uh has impressed you the most is of of the uh, is there anybody that's ma- moved a little bit in your mind or even based on on what you saw at the combine?
10: Yeah, I think coming into the offseason, I would say, you know, Kenny Pickett was probably the the safest, most widely appealing choice of the options, and he may still be. You know, I mean, if you pulled all 32 teams, which quarterback do you like the most? You know, maybe there's more Kenny votes than anybody else. But I do think that Malik Willis will have a handful of teams really excited about him and feel like, hey, with the right plan, you know, the right, you know, incubation time, if we have somebody who can start now and, and we can wait and be patient, we can do the kind of Trey Lance deal where, you know, he mostly sits year one or plays a little bit, gets a couple of spot starts. Uh, if the 49ers knew that Garoppolo was going to be the the predominant starter and they gave all that up for Lance it wouldn't shock me to see a team make a pretty big deal and move up whether it's to you know somewhere in the top 10 Houston at 3 or what have you and and just say we think he's got that kind of ability we just we just have to wait a little bit for it i could see it it wouldn't shock yeah. me so Pickett's the you know the 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 very popular unoffensive you know option willis is the 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 shot at a at a josh allen like talent even if he you know doesn't pan out that that well
1: all right well i uh and i apologize that um jerry jones did not make it uh this is a we're all praying for him i hope this uh i hope this medical situation everything's okay It, it it seemed like odd timing but let's just uh Let's just let's just stay above board here, and we'll send him yeah. our best wishes. All right, Eric.
10: Yep, absolutely. Hey, you know we gotta we gotta do what we can do for that, and uh, you know Jerry's uh, Jerry's a regular at these things.
7: So
1: absolutely, <laughs> it had to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Jerry. There's some stuff going on here at the house that uh, Jerry would rather not uh, show up and, and talk about, which is shocking <laughs> for Jerry. But uh, but that's that's where we are right now. And uh, anyway, well, it's been fun day. Fun catching up with you, and uh, I like everybody, the Seattle fan strategy for this draft is basically take anyone that can allow us not to see Drew Locke take the field, <laughs> and uh, that's that sounds harsh, but I think that's where they are in this thing, but uh, listen, we uh, we appreciate it, hope you get a little rest, and uh, we yeah. will talk to you soon.
10: Uh, all right, thanks, that I appreciate it.
1: You bet. There he goes, Eric Edholm. I heard some sirens in the background as he was uh, driving somewhere, and was a little concerned maybe he was getting pulled over, but uh, I think everything's okay. And Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports, joining us to discuss all this, uh, all this uh, stuff at the combine, and of course the huge NFL news today: Russell Wilson traded to Denver, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. With the monster contract, Cowboys news as well, uh, with Dalton Schultz getting the franchise tag. Uh, Unless they get a deal done, Dalton Schultz will make about uh, $10.9 million on the franchise tag. Not the worst thing in the world for a young man uh, that we didn't know was going to make anything close to that. All right. Let's see what Aaron Sexton has in store for us in campus confidential that's next. Recently on game time, we're joined now by Piglet Basketball coach Scott Drew. You look at most of the places we play,
11: and I think everywhere we played has had a sellout. And you look at our environment with College Game Day and how loud the Ferrell Center was. I mean, it's hard to go on the road in a packed house and a loud crowd and and be able to execute and be composed and withstand runs and get
4: game time weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas
12: have
6: you ever been stranded on the side of the road the next time it happens call big boys record service to get you and your ride where you need to be you can count on big boys record service to help you with roadside assistance such as when your vehicle won't start you need a tire change you've locked yourself out of your vehicle or when you're stuck in the mud no job is too big or too small, they do it all. Family owned and operated since 1984. Big Boys Record Service, call 254-662-3031. And remember, slow down or move
11: over. Tax season brings a lot of uncertainty for everyone, but especially for investors. I'm Joe Caleo of the Caleo Wealth Management Group. We can help you navigate the complexities of tax laws and build a financial portfolio that withstands change, no matter what the season.
8: Clay Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC.
4: ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor athletics.
0: Have you been to Sam's Bar and Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving regionally inspired Texas style craft drinks. Offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some summer lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue and check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so
5: why your bank if you have to dial 1-800 you don't know your bank and your bank doesn't know you come to central national bank and experience the difference bank different bank central central national bank member fdic
4: espn radio sports center
9: i'm ord whites with your espn central texas sports center update brought to you by mcadams and sons roofing Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. Cowboys have asked DeMarcus Lawrence to take a pay cut. So far, he's rejected the idea. Cowboys also said they'll not use the franchise tag on Randy Gregory. Instead, they'll use the tag on tight end Dalton Schultz. Jim Litell will not return as Oklahoma State women's basketball coach next season, the school announced. He will coach the Big 12 tournament this week in Kansas City. Despite the MLB lockout, Mike Capps, the voice of the Round Rock Express, on with game time this morning, was asking baseball will be affected in round rock
4: absolutely zero i'm proud to say uh, we're going to start april the 5th against the el paso chihuahuas and play 150 game season sports center every 20 minutes only on espn central texas It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: It is Matt Mosley, and uh, we, uh, well, we continue to have a banner day. I want to remind you at five o'clock, we will have Coach Nikki Collin with her weekly visit. This is the, uh, by the way, after uh, uh, we, the uh, news came out today that she is a Naismith. Finalist for the Naismith uh, Coach of the Year award, and I can't remember exactly, I think about 10 of them. They narrow it down to, and she is one of those, and so that's very exciting news. And uh, Nikki Collin will be on with us at 5 o'clock for her weekly hit. She was kind enough to do that before stepping into a film session as she gets ready for some Big 12 conference tournament. And uh, we'll talk to her about kind of how she'll approach it, you know, the importance of it, what it means to the program, and um, all of those things will be discussed with Nikki Collin, and that's coming up just in a few minutes. But first of all, let's turn it over to Aaron Sexton with our Campus Confidential.
2: Baylor's Melissa Smith was the unanimous choice for the Big 12 Player of the Year. She becomes the fifth player in Big 12 history, and the first since 2013 to win that award back-to-back. Smith averaged a Big 12 best 23.1 points and 10.7 rebounds in conference games. The Converse Texas native, first player to win the back-to-back Player of the Year honors in the Big 12 since Brittany Griner won three straight from 2011 to 2013. Jordan Lewis became the third straight Bear to claim Newcomer of the Year honors as the Alabama graduate transfer was named that honor by the Big 12 coaches. She was also a first-team All-Big 12 pick along with Smith. Sarah Andrews garnered second-team honors. Queen Egbo and Jamie Asbury were honorable mention in the coaches' All-Big 12 team.
1: All right, I I did like that picture that had the whole starting five and and they were all mentioned in some form or fashion. There was some thought that uh, I thought Caitlin Bickle should have – uh, been the uh, you know the six man of the year, six woman of the year, and uh, I think that Nikki Collin agrees. In fact, she tweeted something to that effect. Because Nalissa Smith, thinking of her teammate, said, "Hey, uh, my teammate uh, Caitlin Bickle deserved uh, six person of the year, six woman." It's so hard to hear. I'm, we're so conditioned to say six man. I just can't. I can't quite write around it. But I think. Uh, I think it is um, – I, I, Bickle has just been tremendous off the bench. And so I, uh, I, I think she certainly needs to be recognized in some way. But uh, uh, I, I think Melissa Smith should be the national player of the year, and obviously she was going to get the player of the year in the Big 12. The only person who could have challenged her earlier in the year, Ioka Lee out of Kansas State. Was putting up enormous numbers, tapered off a little bit. In fact, uh, in that second game against Baylor, first time when they beat Baylor, I think she had 33, 30, maybe 31, and um, second game they held her to eight points, got her in foul trouble, all that kind of thing. But uh, I mean, Melissa is the best, and she's finished stronger than anybody, and quite honestly, she's playing better than anybody in the country right now. And uh, I, w- I would, uh, I would put my uh, vote for her National Player of the Year, especially if I had one. All right, Aaron, what else do you have for us today?
2: You mentioned it briefly earlier. Baylor head coach Nikki Collin, one of 10 coaches in the running for the Naismith, Naismith Women's College of the Year, uh, given out by the Atlanta Tip-Off Club. In her first year at the helm, the Bears are 25 and 25, recently clinched their 12th. Straight regular season Big 12 championship and became the first team since Texas Tech in 2000 to start league play 0 and 2 and win the conference. She was one of 10 head coaches who were nominated who uh, made the semifinals for the award. That list includes also Kim Mulkey at LSU and Don Staley of number one South Carolina.
1: Did you see South Carolina get beat the other night? I
2: did. I saw well. I saw highlights of yeah. Them uh-huh. lose to Kentucky.
1: Got to see a little bit of that game live. And uh, South Carolina looked to be in decent position. I thought uh, when I was watching it, it was like 35 to 26 or something. I thought they'd be fine. And Kentucky found a way. Kentucky's got some uh, playmakers. And they have a, uh, well, I mean, both those t- teams have great players. But Kentucky is an interesting team that could make some noise if they're able to uh, get in the tournament. But I, I find that fascinating when... A team like South Carolina that's a little bit like UConn, a little bit like, like Baylor's been, that's just dominant, has a dynasty, that they can be knocked off in a, in a tournament setting by the number seven seed. Now, when I say seven seed, is Kentucky number seven in the country? I might have had that wrong. But obviously, but that, that was a pretty huge upset when I was seeing seven. But that might have, Kentucky might be... Are they seven in the country? No, I don't think so. I think they maybe were just a seven seed in that tournament. All right, uh, as we continue on, Aaron, what do you have? The
2: latest odds for who will win the national championship on the men's side are out. Gonzaga leading the way. According to BetMGM, they are plus 375 to win, which is the best odds of any team. So basically, if you don't know what that means, if you bet, you would have to bet 300. Uh, you would win, sorry, 375 dollars if you bet 100 on Gonzaga to win. Uh, they are followed by Arizona at plus 600, Kentucky at plus 800, Duke at plus 1,000, and Baylor at plus 1,100. Kansas plus 1,400, Texas Tech plus 2,200, Houston plus 4,000, Texas plus 5,000, and then a lot of teams at plus 15,000. To win, including TCU and Iowa State, so Baylor with the fifth best odds according to BetMGM to win the national title this year with Gonzaga with the best odds.
1: You know, Gonzaga is is uh, comes into the tournament. They, they never are that battle tested. They did lose a game here recently, I believe that was the Saint Marys. Mm-hmm. They're an interesting team because they're they're certainly not as athletic. I feel like they weren't even that athletic last year. Suggs was a great athletic player. I mean, Kispert's just a tremendous shooter. They're missing some shooting. What they have is kind of a seven-foot sort of praying mantis-looking player. I mean, that's not doesn't sound like a compliment. He is the skinniest player in America. <laughs> He's also highly, highly skilled. If you haven't seen Chet Holmgren play, it's just always interesting to see a, t- a skinny 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 man at 7-1 or whatever he is that can put it behind his back drive in and dunk on people so I think he can get pushed around I think he can be defended but he is highly highly skilled so I do find that interesting what they lost in athleticism with Suggs they they have gained in, in just another big man. Of course, they have Drew Timmy back. They have Nimhard back. So it's not like they didn't bring some guys back. But this Chet Holmgren is very very interesting to watch. And you know, like I, I Flo Thamba could toss this guy around. Now the problem is this guy, if you get if he gets you away from the bucket, he is skilled enough to go around you. But it is wild to watch a player of that size in that skinny. I mean, Aaron, you know what I'm saying yeah, no, you've seen him play? I mean he's just a, it's kind of interesting. I also saw a guy I like watching some of these uh, highlights of, the, of these uh, mid-major tournaments that are taking place. and I think it was Western was it Western Kentucky, perhaps, that had a 75-5 guy. And, and they threw it up to him, Aaron, and he went up and slammed it. Generally, if you're 7'5", you're probably not the most athlete. You're just so tall, but you're not going up and getting alley-oops and all that kind of stuff. I'm thinking about like Taco Fall that played at Central Florida in recent years. I can't think of this guy's name, Aaron, but he's on this year's, I think it's Western. There's always somebody that gets into the tournament that's ridiculously tall. And I think those are fun players to watch. And this guy is 7'5". So be on the lookout for him, Aaron. He he is, uh, I don't know if you saw highlights of him, but you can just throw it up in traffic and he'll go get it. And you don't normally see that like 7'5 rim runners.
2: Yeah, 7'5 is hard to defend, especially if they they can jump a little bit. (laughs) Which, like you say, usually they can't. So I'll have to check out his highlights.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Jawan Howard has resumed his role as Michigan's basketball coach after serving a five-game suspension for hitting a Wisconsin assistant in the head. Howard met individually with each player on Monday when the team did not have practice. The Wolverines are a bubble team for the NCAA tournament, 17-13 overall, 11-9 in the Big Ten. Coach Phil Martelli filled in for Howard to close the regular season and got a win over then number 23 Ohio State on Sunday. He will be back, Howard will, on the sideline Thursday in Indianapolis. As the eight-seeded Wolverines take on ninth-seeded Indiana in the Big Ten tournament,
1: wouldn't it be funny if they if they made a rule in that conference that everybody had to do a handshake line unless they're playing Michigan? Just not, just outlaw the handshake line <laughs> for for Juwan Howard. Oh, man. that's the problem, by the way, when you have someone like phil martelli we we, that came up with john underwood who we had on yesterday the former men's associate commissioner for basketball in the big 12 the 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 problem is if you have somebody like an experienced really really good former basketball coach on your bench and they coach a game or two while you're out sometimes the team responds to that years and years ago we can remember I, i I wish I could remember exactly how this all happened. But Michigan's coach was Bill Frieder. And he's the one, I mean, I guess he's the one who recruited the Fab Five. But Steve Fisher ended up coaching that team in the Final Four. And then he came back that next year. And uh, that that was, uh, I just think that's an interesting thing. When the team gets a new voice. And I think Michigan sort of responded to the whole Phil Martelli. I'm not saying they're going to fire Juwan or anything like that, but uh, it's always interesting to kind of see how a team responds to an interim coach. We'll see it sometimes in the NFL. I thought the Raiders responded pretty well to Basaccia, who used to be with the Cowboys. I I knew that when Dan Quinn filled in for – Filled in for Mike McCarthy this year, I knew the Cowboys were going to perform really well. It's just, it's just what happens sometimes. So we'll see how all this uh, goes down. Aaron, anything else you want to fit in real quick?
2: No, we got to get to Coach Collin.
1: All right, uh, Nikki Collin, now a Naismith finalist for National Coach of the Year, and the woman who, um, after an zero two start. Led the Baylor uh, Bears on a long run, a long string of victories. Joins the Matt Mosley. She does it every week, Tuesdays at 5 o'clock. We're the only ones in uh, Central Texas or anywhere in the state that has her every week. Uh, It is Nikki Collins. She joins us next. Listen to ESPN
0: Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Did you know the average American pays over $500 a month for their car payment? What would you do if you didn't have to make that payment for 90 days? Where else could you use $1,500? Keep your car payments at Genco. Buy new or refinance your current vehicle and have no payments for 90 days. Take advantage of our low rates and no payments for 90 days. Only at Genco. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies insured by NCUA. My money, my future, my credit union. Genco.
4: From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas.
0: welcome back to the matt mosley show the presenting sponsor of the matt mosley show is central national bank also sponsored by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram ascension providence barnett contracting baylor line foundation marine land boating center myatt fuels texas sports hall of fame Schmoltz's sandwich shop the baylor club and ubo business services
1: and now here's matt mosley It is uh, Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. Nikki Collin is now, it's official, uh, We they'd already clinched a share, but now they have the whole shebang. Big 12 champions, the uh, Baylor uh, women and... Nikki, uh, congratulations! First of all, in in getting to celebrate and doing it uh, on your home court in style, it's been a, uh, a it was a weekend of celebration, and then also the um, you know being able to recognize your seniors when when it was all said and done was it uh, was the day and the celebration and everything you'd hoped it would be.
12: You know, it was. I think I was. Um, I didn't sleep the night before. Um, a lot of it you know, I know how emotional senior days can be um and and how that can sometimes play into you know just how you play um and you know i I think tech you know while their record didn't reflect you know how how good they have been, the fact that they you know have been on the road and beaten o u in the last week and gone on the road and beaten texas like they they just they have my respect, you know, and so Um, I just didn't think it was a gimme. And I I just I didn't want to think about cutting a net down after a loss. You know, like we we would (laughs) have still had all these festivities, but this idea of that hitting your stomach. And so, um, you know, just really proud of how focused we were. Obviously, senior day does not affect Melissa Smith. So, um, (laughs) you know, that was a good thing. You know, she seems to just keep getting better. So. Um, just, yes, it was, you know, people have asked me like, you know, was it joy? Was it relief? Um, you know, I I think, I think in this situation, it truly was joy. I've said, I think even to you, like the Texas games when we won those, that that felt like, that felt like relief, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's something you're supposed to do or they've done. And it was just a different pressure. And this was more just joy, joy. Um, being able to enjoy how far we've come, and you know just how we did it, and and to truly enjoy it and and share it as with, with such a special group of of players and staff members, it was it was it was awesome. Like the fans were great; they obviously stayed around. I, I took forty-seven million pictures with people, and and uh, but at the end of the day, you know it comes down to like us continuing to just keep. You know, putting our foot on the pedal and 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 trying to be a better basketball team.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, uh, it, it's just hard to imagine. And I, I remember that story you you told us uh, about having gone gone player by player challenging them after uh, uh, one of the. I think it was that heartbreaking loss against Oklahoma, where it got away from you late, and to look back, I mean, it's a. Uh, it, it's hard. You can't really stop for too long and smell the roses. But to, to look back along the way and to see where you've come, uh, I just can't imagine, you know, just how uh, how rewarding and, and how it all feels. Um, what was the uh, for you Nelissa? Know, I, I guess what I'm kind of curious of about, I mean, I think back to even when you were overseas or at that tropical tournament. And um, you had to have a visit with Queen. Do you feel like is it sort of amazing to you how close you've gotten with these players even in a relatively short amount of time? I mean, in the past, you've had years to be around players with this group. I mean my gosh, just however months, many months it is. eight, nine months, uh, 12, you know I don't even know if it's full year. is it sort of amazing? to to see how close you can become to a unit this quickly?
12: You know, I think it comes down to how bad you want to be close. I mean, do you want to pour yourself into them? Or do you want to take the approach that, like, I'm going to save myself for, for a group that, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, that I've recruited or that I've this yeah. or I've that. And I just, I don't, I don't treat life that way. You know, like I just, you know, I've said it a number of times, like even with this team, like, you know, getting them to be grateful to cherish every day because you just don't know if this isn't the best team you're ever going to play on. Um, Certainly my expectation is we're going to continue to sign good players and, uh, you know, keep Baylor um, at the level that it's been at for the last 20 years and and the goal to continue to to be, you know, great stewards of the university. But, you know, you just – you want them to, like, not take it for granted because I always say, like, I remember – how quickly, you know, my college career went by and you, you really, you blink or, you know, the fact that one day you have a, a toddler and the next day, you know, they're getting their driver's license as a parent and, and, and times just goes by so quickly. And so I just firmly believe in and keeping my feet firmly planted where I'm at and investing in the group um, that's in front of me. And, and, and we're certainly out there pounding the pavement and we're recruiting, Um, But I think as much as anything, we knew that the priority was this team. And and our goal as a staff is to always prioritize the players that we see every single day and that they're the ones that are going to help us recruit that next group. And they'll be able to share the message that, hey, it's not just about the recruiting and then they get you and then, you know, it's recruiting the next player. No, I mean, we want them to tell our story that like, hey, they're just as important or even more important once they're here um, that that we're really pouring into them while they're here, so it's just kind of a part of our our style, our system, how we want you know to treat everyone and um you know, I just think it's it's life is about relationships. nothing matters, no success matters if you don't have people to share it with and um or things become super, super hollow. So I just think it's it's how I see the world, it's how I want you know, I mean. When people say, "How do you want to be remembered?" It's like, absolutely, you want to win, and you want to be considered a great coach and great at what you do. But, you know, what I'm always going to take away are the relationships that I create with players and staff, and the memories. You know, truly, the memories that you create as a group, um, individually and collectively.
1: Well, it's gonna, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch and talking to Nikki Collin, her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley Show, ESP in Central Texas. Nikki, um different coaches have different approaches on a Big 12 tournament. This is an interesting one because you know obviously this this uh Big 12 has been more balanced than in many years. Um it seems like uh, everybody at one point the season was peaking. Some coaches um have told me in the past, you know, hey, we're our biggest focus is obviously the the uh, the NCAA tournament, and if we lose early in the in the Big Twelve tournament, not that huge of a thing. Uh, I've saw it happen a couple of years ago with Tech, and they made a huge run on the men's side. Baylor has Scott doesn't always, you know, poor. I, I shouldn't say. I mean, he wants to win it, but not at the sacrifice of of the NCAA tournament. I, I'm just kind of curious what your mindset has been over the years in these conference tournaments. How do you how do you view it? Uh, how big a deal is it to you? And, like, what can it do for you going into the tournament?
12: <laughs> it's interesting. I've never walked in as the number one seed um, in a tournament <laughs> like this. Um, so, you know, my perspective might might be um, – might morph and change over time. Like, I think about the last time I was in college and I was at Florida Gulf Coast and we were the number one seed, but – we had to win it you know to get into the NCAA tournament in the Atlantic Sun um regardless of how many wins like it just wasn't a guarantee that we could get an at large bid with, without winning it and you know against arkansas at arkansas we were you know scratching and clawing to make sure we were in or improve our seed and so you know i've never um had the lead you know in the in the clubhouse kind of thing um, where where I, I could actually look at it and say, okay, what is the right approach? I think for us, um, you know, I, I am not going to kill our players, um, you know, but but we only have so many players, you know. So it's 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 a matter of, you know, we're, I'm always trying to manage um, load. I'm always trying to manage playing time for the most part. I mean, Liz obviously played in senior day a little more than, than – than normal in in a game that that we were getting away uh, from them in. But um, I thought that was a unique situation. So I think we just want to go play well. Do I think it's the end of the world if we don't win it? No. Um, Do I want to be playing our best basketball going into the NCAA tournament? Yes. Are we playing for a potential number one seed? Yes. Does that matter? Uh, Yes and no. You know, I I mean, I think this idea of – Um, you can be a number one seed and have a tougher road than a number two, just because the nature of matchups, like who do you play? Who do you match up with? Is the eight, a better matchup for you or the seven, you know, and and it really depends on the team. And so you're going to face good teams in the NCAA tournament. I'm not going to tell you, we're not going to go try to win it. You know, I mean, I I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm new enough at this that um, I don't like to envision losing, um, at mm-hmm. the same time, like I think, you know, we certainly have learned from losses, and you can certainly reset sometimes after a loss. Um, but uh, you know, I I, th- I think we just want to keep playing good basketball, um, and I think that'll that'll be the key. And and if someone who's quote more desperate to um, you know, you look at the run Kentucky had and. I don't think they were desperate by any means because I think they had done what they needed to do to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Um, But at the same time, you know, the run that they had, kind of that chip on the shoulder that they had, um, you know, certainly made huge waves in terms of, you know, where they're going to be seated um, in the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, obviously we're not at risk of of losing a home site, but uh, I think we just want to play well.
1: All right. Well, we will be there, uh, Nikki, uh, covering the, both the men and the women. It's it's exciting, and uh, I, I was just the other day trying to plan my schedule. How can I be in the gymnasium, uh, you know, for a one thirty Baylor game and do my show immediately after, and all that? Getting the logistics. So it's a lot of fun and excitement. And, um, and the uh, Kansas City, it's going to be cold, by the way, uh, pack a jacket, put a parka in. Uh, I, I think it's going to get down to 10 one night, but uh, it'll, uh, it'll, be, it'll be a fun time. And we're very excited to, uh, to watch you guys.
12: Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to be there. Hopefully uh, it's been a fun week at Baylor Athletics and basketball in general. And, and hopefully both teams can go perform really, really well in Kansas City.
1: I think it'll be the case. Baylor fans have been known to take over that uh, that old uh, coliseum auditorium, and uh, so we'll see how it goes. It is uh, Nikki Collin on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and uh, coming up next, this new Aaron Rodgers deal. What does it mean for other quarterbacks in the league? What does it mean for their first round pick from a year ago? We discuss it
4: next. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics.
13: This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
7: Everybody, man's number check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, Baylor baseball continues to roll through the non-conference schedule, winning 2 of 3 in Houston over the weekend. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat.
3: Baylor
10: University is where lights shine bright. So, let there be light. Let there be roommates and teammates, scholarship and
0: championships. Let there be fresh starts and new traditions, fast friendships and lasting impacts. Let there be laughter. Let there be joy. Let
5: there
10: be light. Baylor University, where lights shine bright.
13: The Baylor Bookstore on campus is your go-to location for the absolute latest in Baylor Nike gear. Shop in person or online at baylorshop.com. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris.
7: And welcome back. Baylor baseball back from the Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic in Houston over the weekend. Baylor has historically played well in this tournament, and this year was no different. Getting a 2-1 win on Friday to open the tournament over then 23rd-ranked UCLA. The Bears dropped the middle game of the tournament to Tennessee on Saturday and then wrapped up the tournament with a win over 8th-ranked LSU late Sunday night, 9-6 to finish the weekend baylor now six and five on the season after starting the year oh and three head coach steve rodriguez very proud of the way his team is going
1: you know we, we we really like what we've been doing um of late and you know against tennessee we we, we put everything we had into it we just couldn't get, catch a break and get some guys on bases and you know i told our guys we're going to try to steal 15 bases today just because <laughs> I, I think that's what we we needed to do and we got off to a pretty good start. We got six of them in the first inning. Um, then we ended up with seven, and you know, we just couldn't get more guys on. I thought our guys were taking pretty good at bats, and you know, facing guys throwing 101 to 103 miles an hour is not exactly your everyday at bat. So, but our, our guys did a really good job of battling through that, and uh, I just thought they had really good at bats throughout the whole weekend.
7: Coach Rod and the Bears now six and five on the season. Coming out of the tournament in Houston this weekend, they'll play at Abilene Christian at six p.m. on Wednesday. Then host Columbia for a three-game series at Baylor Ballpark this weekend. Games Friday at six thirty, Saturday at three, and Sunday at one. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris.
4: Your home for Baylor baseball is ESPN Central Texas.
3: This is a Fox 44 weather update on chief meteorologist Michael Point. It'll be part lake body tonight. It's going to be a cold night with some patchy fog developing right along I-35 and then areas off to the east. Low temperatures drop to 26 degrees and lots of sunshine tomorrow. It's going to be warmer with a high of 62. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
13: Baylor basketball from the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City.
7: The Big 12 conference champion Baylor Bears open play in the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City on Thursday against Oklahoma. 5.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 6 p.m. Tip-off Thursday for the Bears in Kansas City.
13: Baylor basketball from the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas.
4: Keep up with Baylor softball on ESPN Central Texas.
9: Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting one six one one You'll enjoy one-on-one customer service at the world's best western store, Appaloosa Trading Post in Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. Cowboys have asked Demarcus Lawrence to take a pay cut. So far he's rejected the idea. Cowboys also said they'll not use the franchise tag on Randy Gregory. Instead they'll use the tag on tight end Dalton Schultz. Jim Littell will not return as Oklahoma State women's basketball coach next season the school announced. He will coach the Big 12 tournament this week in Kansas City. Despite the MLB Lockout, Mike Caps, the voice of the Round Rock Express, on with game time this morning, it was asked if baseball will be affected in Round Rock.
4: Absolutely zero. I'm proud to say uh, we're going to start April the 5th against the El Paso Chihuahuas and play 150 game season. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley show, and uh, we are rolling through a Tuesday afternoon, and we're going to point it toward Kansas City tomorrow morning and be there for the men's and women's Big 12 tournaments. John Morris and I will be on the scene. Of course, you'll hear the games right here on ESPN Central Texas uh, starting, let's see, Thursday, 530. Will be the uh, Baylor will uh, be playing, and of course uh, that uh, that's going to be OU, and that game will be six o'clock tip off, and you'll hear the uh, pregame at five thirty. So the show, my show, will go off here just a little bit early, and then we'll turn it over to uh, Pat and John, and they'll do their thing, and then the women's game will be on at one thirty Friday. Remember uh, the women. Friday, we'll be playing Friday, Saturday, and hopefully Sunday, the Baylor women I'm talking about, and so uh, number one seed in the uh, Big 12 uh, tournament. These, uh, for people that have not been to Kansas City, I'm, I'm I'm looking really forward to it, and I'll try to take you with me, so to speak, and uh, let you know what all's going on, may even uh, venture out, check out some of the local uh, eating scene. Apparently, that Power and Light District is a lot of fun, a lot of great restaurants, bars, all that kind of thing. And um, so the women play at Municipal Auditorium. Municipal, it's an older facility, certainly not as shiny as where the men will be, but uh, I, I sort of like the older venues sometimes, and uh, the men's uh, arena is a little bigger uh, and uh, newer, but uh, both, of, both of them are kind of fun facilities and not far apart, so you can kind of get around. And then what I'll be doing from the uh, Media Hotel uh, is taking shuttles back and forth to all the different venues. And uh, we'll just go. I might, Aaron, I might just not leave the Coliseum. I may just like, especially for Thursday's games, the women, I don't have to, I don't have to be there for that game until 1.30 on Friday. So the men's tournament Thursday, that's when it's really going to crank up. There's just one game tomorrow night, and I'll go for that and hang out and kind of see who wins that, about 7 o'clock tip. But then the next day, four games, including the Bears. Kansas will be playing at 2 o'clock. I'm anxious to see what happens when the Jayhawks come in and try to take over that place. And uh, we talked about it, uh, you know – I thought it was interesting, by the way, hearing Nikki Collin talk about her thoughts, Aaron, on you know that while hey they're going to suit up and they're going to play, it's hard to envision not trying to win the tournament. That they're not going to be broken up, and so you you have to balance it the right way. I mean, you can't just run your players into the ground to win and uh, in, in, in maybe go into the tournament without you know every everything everybody full speed, but as we've talked about ad nauseum, they just don't have that many players. I mean they basically have a, a seven woman rotation, and so you have to play I mean you can't there's just really not that much you can be sitting people on this team and uh and and really, I say seven, it's more of a six person rotation. With the five starters and then bringing Caitlin off the bench. And you, you've got some things you can do uh, with the rest of the crew, and they're good players. Actually, I, I should say seven when you think of Jaden. In fact, Aaron, that game you went to the other day, um, Jaden ended up with 13 points. And in, in, uh, I think she was like either three for three or four for four from three point range. When When she steps into it and is feeling confident, she is a winning player. And there's a reason I think she was at UCLA, transferred into Baylor. I didn't know exactly what Baylor was getting. I think it's taken her maybe longer than we thought to fit to uh, feel comfortable, Uh, but especially with getting a new coach and all that. But I think she's really starting to to help Nikki and help this Baylor team. And uh, the other day, uh, Aaron, I think she did finish with like 13 points. So I think I think you can truly call it. A seven-woman rotation. Now, Aaron, do you have uh, I know we've been talking a lot of NFL. I'll get back into it. Are we good on the uh, on the Scott Drew? I know we had talked about that before the show today. Are we good with some of that if we want to play it? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, we uh, uh, Aaron never ha- knows what direction I'm going to go, so he always has to stay prepared for m- numerous directions, and as usual, he's on it. Uh, this is... Uh, I, I wanted to hear because I was there, I was standing at the back the other day. Scott was so excited and and everything that had happened and senior day and and they win the big twelve. It was a really big moment for the program, big moment for Scott. Let's hear a little bit of uh, Scott Drew. And again, this is after they wrapped it up Saturday uh, against Iowa State to win, uh, be co-champs in the Big 12.
11: You look at the beginning of the year, and we said uh, with everything that we lost, what's impossible with man uh, is possible with God, and that's been our uh, theme. And uh, with all the injuries and uh, things we've had to overcome this year, uh, and it and it's really hard to uh, win a game when you. know you win, you're a champion, and if you lose, uh, um, everything you work for is for not uh, basically because you missed out on a championship. So uh, I thought uh, congrats to Kansas uh, went in in overtime, and uh, I thought our guys, we got off to a great start and then really credit Iowa State. Um, TJ did a great job with them uh, and they stayed the course, started making shots, and um, took the lead, and then you really got to credit our our players for remaining calm and uh, executing and and really uh, down the stretch uh, uh, being very efficient and helping pull out a win. Scott, does this kind of seem like the way the whole season went to start off great, <laughs> patch, and there, finish it off? Well, I, I kind of like that, John. I mean, you, you write a book on that. I like that. So uh, uh, again, I, I can tell you uh, the thing that I, I love personally as a coach is seeing other people excited and our players being able to get confetti, be excited. For our past players that finally, uh, uh, I mean, you, you win a home game in front of a packed house, no COVID restrictions, and I mean Mamadou, Tweedy, Kevin, and the guys that came back uh, were so excited. They were as excited as their players were. And uh, and then, obviously, the fans. So, uh, uh, anyway, uh, it's special to do it with fans. It makes it uh, uh, so much more challenging during the year to win when you're overcoming packed arenas. But uh, it's so much more rewarding also because it's uh, uh, so hard to do. Scott, late in the game, McKinjo goes three-pointer, jumper, rebound, assist,
1: all right in there to take the lead. How
11: crucial was he down this stretch? Well, he, he, was, he was really crucial. Adam uh, was really crucial, um, Flo, Kendall, Matt, Jeremy. I mean, everybody came up uh, big. But uh, we, all, we all know um, college basketball starts with guard play. And when you have James and Adam uh, out there, and Dale did a good job, uh, you, you give yourself a chance each and every night. So, how, do you feel like you guys have moved in a good position for a number one Regency? Uh, if they let me decide, we'll be one. <laughs> uh, I, I do know. I do know they they take uh, quad one wins into uh, uh, account, and that's something important. They want teams to s- schedule uh, great games in the non conference because that's something you can control. And then uh, they won't, when you play those games, you have opportunities. You got to take advantage of it. And uh, the last I checked, we had two more wins than the next highest team, and I think they were all Big Twelve teams. So uh, it, it allows uh, the scheduling people if that's what they emphasize to, to reward that.
5: Scott, was there
11: anything that Iowa State did to kind of get back in it? I think, uh, I mean, uh, it's a game of momentum. And you miss a free throw, then you miss another free throw. Then you miss a layup, then you have a turnover. They hit a shot and kind of, I mean, that's sports. And uh, uh, they say uh, pressure bursts pipes or makes diamonds. And uh, we were making diamonds early, bursting pipes, and then made diamonds. So uh, at the end of the day, it's a roller coaster ride. Um, When I got into coaching, people said, do you like the roller coaster the merry-go-round because if you're in sports you better be ready for the roller coaster.
6: What's your feel for this team going to the Big 12 tournament now? I mean I know you just finished this but you've got some big 12 in front of you
11: now. Well I think uh, um, uh, the, the first thing is uh, uh, I'm going to sleep tonight because I, I really wanted uh, them to have an opportunity to celebrate today for what they've done and what they've worked for and um, and uh, I, I know uh, um, it's a blessing to have all our coaches' families here, and um, the players, a lot of their families are here. And uh, my mom and dad are here. So uh, uh, anyway, it'll be a good night in the Drew house. Scott,
8: what's it say for what kind of job TJ's done this year, inheriting 2-22, team that lost yeah. all 19 games against Big 12
11: competition? I think uh, TJ should be up for national coach of the year for what he's done, biggest turnaround. Guys continue to fight in tonight's a Perfect example. I mean, um, a lot of teams, when you're down like that last game, they could have rolled over and they, they had uh, fight, resolve. We had to take it from them. So, um, again, that's why I uh, can't wait for the NCAA tournament because I know how, how good our Big 12 teams are and I know what they're all capable of doing. Thanks,
6: Coach. Scott, at this point in the year there's really no freshmen. Everybody's played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, when you look at where they've come this season and where they are going in the postseason, can you kind of put in perspective what they've done?
11: Yeah, I think uh, um, to me it hit home when I watched the Iowa State game because the first game of the year was against them in conference and uh, just uh, uh, how much more assertive, uh, aggressive, physical Jeremy and Kendall are compared to then. Um, definitely they, are, they aren't freshmen anymore. Uh, but, but when you have a, a game like this, um, we have a lot of guys that haven't been in a game like this, which is basically win or go home mentality, meaning you're winning conference or you're not, and there's pressure. And I love the start, but it it, it it helps to have guys that have been in those positions, and they gain some valuable experience today. Um, because no matter what leads you have, you have to keep building, and uh, hopefully this will be something that can help us down the road. By the way, Mac Rhodes just walked in, and you know he won athletic director last year. He's the odds-on favorite this year. Man is on fire! Don't shake his hand; it'll burn you. Scott, y'all
13: you know, are the first non-Kansas school to win back-to-back titles <clears throat> since i was dating in 01 what does that mean for your program
11: i think uh uh going back to winning his power five team in the last three years and uh what what the guys have been able to achieve. One of my favorite stats is since 2008 only us in Kansas have won 18 or more every year. Um, we're one of what three, four, three schools to be ranked number one for the last uh, four out of six years. I mean the consistency is what, what what you appreciate is, is, is a coaching staff because that's what you want from your players. You want someone that uh, uh, you know what you're going to get each and every day and you strive to be consistently excellent and uh, that starts with the administration, um, and helping us to uh, uh, have everything we need to be uh, uh, the best. And then uh, all the way from strength conditioning to uh, um, uh, Charlie Melton, Dave Snyder, assistant coaches. And then obviously uh, your your players, they deserve most of the credit. And the past players that come back and pour into guys and uh, the home court advantage, the fans, uh, they earned this uh, championship uh, as much as we did because we wouldn't have won it without them.
1: All right, uh, Scott Drew, talking about that win the other day, what what it means to the program. I, You know, he got into a little bit of his approach. I thought it was interesting to hear kind of back-to-back what Nikki's approach is going to be um, to the Big 12 tournament. One of the things that really stood out to me about what she said is she's not used to, she's been on a lot of college staffs, but not always used to being the number one seed, I think they, they they were maybe one time, but not like at the power five conference level she hasn't been. and so kind of what that looks like, uh, what uh, you know how you how you make sure you keep your eye on the bigger prize, which is getting to the final four and hopefully winning a national championship while trying to win another trophy. now on the men's side, I thought Pat Nunley said something interesting the other day. You know, he talked about how they on those um, tournaments, whether it be in the islands or wherever they are, how they make a huge priority if if there's something to be competed for, we're going to go win it. And for a long time, those were huge things to Baylor. Okay, they, they've won a tournament, they've won this, and it, it means a lot to Scott to cross off things. One of those things was a conference title. They obviously have gotten that one even before this year. One was winning at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. They they finally got that done last year. And and so I think the Big Twelve tournament in the back of his mind is something he'd love to have. Is it this time around? I don't know. Because you have to manage this roster. And, and so I think it's a lot like what Chris Beard had with Tech a few years ago. They had that team that went very deep and played for the national title in 2019. As I recall, that team got beat in the quarterfinals in their first game of the Big 12 tournament. And they went on home. They got a rest. I mean, if you think about it, last year, I believe Texas, University of Texas, won the Big 12 tournament. And then they ended up firing their coach because they lost in the first round of the tournament to ACU. Do you look back and go, well, was Texas kind of tired from a deep, you know, from having to win three games in a row in the Big 12 tournament? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, you could make that either way. There have been years where Baylor was maybe the fourth or fifth seed going to the tournament, or even fifth or sixth, and then had a great run in the tournament, and that seemed to be able to use that as a springboard. for some of those Sweet 16 and Elite 8 performances. I mean, last year, if you think about it, they won the uh, national title. It was only their third trip to the Elite 8. I say only. I mean, most schools would kill for that. But I'm just saying we we now think of Baylor being up for Elite 8, Sweet 16s every year. Baylor is now with Kansas. I'm not saying in terms of having done it for however many straight seasons, I'm just saying we sort of have an expectation that Baylor reach at least the Sweet 16 every year. That's what Kansas fans expect from their team every year. That's not really where Kansas has been the last – that Kansas team that didn't get to play in the tournament could have won it all. Now, I mean, I think that's worth repeating. repeat. Now, Baylor had the kind of team because that Maceo and, and Davion and all those guys were on that team and Jared and Mark – they could have done it, too. Both Baylor and Kansas were great that year. They didn't have a tournament. Uh, same thing with the women. Kim and Melissa, and, and uh, and, and I'm trying to think who was all on that team. Lauren would have been on that team. That team was good enough to win it all. So they really got robbed of a chance that year. I think the great part of that is most of those guys uh, on the men's side got to come back and do it. The only ones that got left were... Um, you know, Gillespie and Devontae Bandu. And, of course, Tristan was on that team that uh, – and, and, and he just wasn't getting to play much and was banged up that season. Talking about Tristan Clark, who's now with SMU. So I, I – um, I mean, there's just so much – so many storylines and so much excitement going into this. And I think what Scott has to balance is this. I think part of him – Wants this team to be the first to ever win a Big 12 tournament title. And it would be a lot of fun. But he's weighing that against a team that has been banged up. Uh, Flagler and Akinjo have both missed time. They had to, on the fly, figure out how to play without Everyday John. How to play without Cryer. I certainly don't think... Now, some people would argue that this is the time to maybe give Cryer a shot and try to work him back in before you throw him back in the tournament. I kind of think they'll just keep riding it the way it is. Uh, and uh, if they ever see L.J. Cryer at all in the tournament or any time, then it's great. Then we're all going to be excited. But they, quite honestly, they've gotten used to playing without him. Are they better with him? Sure. Absolutely. Are they better with Everyday John? Yes. But they have found a rotation that seems to work for them. You know, I... I sometimes think about... I wish Zach Loveday could help them. I mean, he's a seven-footer that actually has a little range. And, I mean, you know, if anything, could, could block some shots. I I think there are teams in the Big 12 Zach Loveday could help. For whatever reason, it hasn't totally worked out at Baylor. Jordan Turner, the same way. They've really... they, they Those guys have given them a, a few minutes... But right now, you've got to get this thing done with Del Bonner and Sohan coming off the bench. And Aaron, am I missing anybody? I'm thinking about bench players. Is That's basically it, right? The, you've got your five starters, and then you have Sohan and, um, and, and Del Bonner. And I, I just think they've become very comfortable playing that way. And and with a seven man rotation, they're doing a good job of managing their fouls. Um, it's uh, but but again, this tournament is going to be fascinating because here's what I think happens: that there's a really there's a decent shot they could get beat by Oklahoma on Thursday. I mean, I would hate it, but I think it could happen. If they get by Oklahoma and they decide, you know what? Let's just go ahead and win this thing. I really think they could win it. So the Thursday game is extremely pivotal it, it, because I think OU is going to be playing for a spot in the tournament. There's just way more desperation <clears throat> with with uh, Porter Moser's OU team than there is for Baylor, and sometimes the desperate team does win. And if Baylor lost that game, I mean, it wouldn't be great. But I promise you, Scott Drew would not lose a lot of sleep and be crying over it. All right, we've got the um, we got a little something we like to call the dismount. We say good night, and we'll bring you up to date on some incredible breaking news today in the NFL. It's next. Recently
7: on the John Moore Show, Level, our guest, Texas Tech Sports Network. Has this year been, seems like, more of a meat grinder than we've ever had in the Big 12?
10: A thousand percent. Yeah, I, I feel like the referees aren't calling as many
13: fouls. I feel like every night is a rock fight because I think teams are struggling to score it, 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 because the defenses are so good. John Morris, weekdays
4: at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
8: too.
4: The flagship station for Baylor Basketball is ESPN Central Texas.
5: In the
2: market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com.
8: How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24 7. Get the care you need at getprovidencecare.com.
4: Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up on ESPN Central Texas. <music>
9: ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. The Cowboys have asked Demarcus Lawrence to take a pay cut. So far, he's rejected the idea. The Cowboys also said they'll not use the franchise tag on Randy Gregory. Instead, they'll use the tag on tight end Dalton Schultz. Jim Latell will not return as Oklahoma State women's basketball coach next season, the school announced. He will coach the Big 12 tournament this week in Kansas City. Despite the MLB Lockout, Mike Caps, the voice of the Round Rock Express, on with game time this morning, it was asked if baseball will be affected in Round Rock.
4: Absolutely zero. I'm proud to say um, we're going to start April the 5th against the El Paso Chihuahuas and play 150 game season. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show
1: on ESPN Central Texas. What is time for the Dismount? Been a busy, busy day. College front, NFL, all sorts of great announcements made for Baylor. Uh, Aaron, all our uh, TV people are in position to do their live shots. Darby, uh, Matt Lively, Nikki Natarulo. I mean, they've all, I assume Jack's headed that direction. I mean, this is uh, – Curtis, somebody had to stay behind. I think Curtis stayed behind. Uh, Chris Williams. I mean, it's – everybody has jumped on the the KC uh, train. And I love that about our local affiliates. They make a huge commitment uh, to being there and traveling. And, uh, man, they always deserve first dips. They really do because they get there and they do it. And I appreciate our station for – for sending uh, and it's our sponsors, first and foremost, incredible list of sponsors that we'll be talking about as we get into Kansas City. But uh, an incredible trip coming up. And I know uh, everybody's excited about it. John Morris will be doing his three to four show. One of the days he'll do noon, uh, when the the uh, the Baylor women are playing during his show, he'll do noon that day, kind of a lead-in. But uh, we've got everything figured out, and uh, and Tom will be holding down the fort. Uh, Aaron will be doing the same. Ward and Garrett doing a great job at seven to nine game time show. But uh, we're so excited about. Uh, Everything going on. Appreciate Central National Bank, our presenting sponsor. What a huge, what a great job they do. UBO Business Services. Uh, that is our man Sean Hunt, and uh, in fact, uh, Sean's always kind of educating me on greats from the Central Texas past and interesting stories that he has, people that he's run into over the years. And UBO Business Services. We were talking about uh, the president, uh, the big, the big cheese recently. Uh, 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 Jim Sheffield and uh, what he's... uh Accomplished there, And he's a big-time Aggie. But UBO is the best in the business. And they have all kinds of challengers. But what they do with copier services and helping people streamline their email and paper services, incredible. So, again, we appreciate UBO. Sean Hunt's become a great friend of mine. And that's one of the things I love about our sponsors. I just get to know them all, and they uh, become such regulars. Appreciate Shorty's as well. Shorty's Pizza Shack. I saw shorties taking pizzas to all the students who were camping out at the Kansas game, the KU game. So uh, that's always exciting. Now, uh, NFL news today. Russell Wilson gets traded from Seattle to Denver. Man, that Denver's Denver's going to be stacked now. They're good at run back, running back with Javante Williams. They're good at uh, – we were talking about uh, Tim Patrick – Obviously, they have Cortland Sutton, who played at SMU, and uh, Jerry Judy from Alabama. And so they can surround Russell with what he needs, and then they're talented on defense. They lost a couple of players in the trade because they had to send them over to Seattle. What else did they send? Well, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, I believe a fifth-round pick, and Denver gets back, Russell Wilson. And a fourth-round pick, I think, came back to them. Now, the players they sent out, Aaron. Anything? Does that Shelby? You know, the defensive tackle. Apparently, a good locker room presence, good leader. Um, he, he's going over. And then Noah Fant. Now, Aaron, you're a big fantasy player. You got like seven teams. Does that is that a is that a pretty talented young? tight end that's going over to, to Seattle in this trade. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention Drew Locke, who started some for Denver at quarterback, will be going over to Seattle as well.
2: Vance, one of those guys, he's got all the tools, but he's been injured a lot and hasn't put together the really great season that people thought he would when they drafted him in the first round.
1: Okay, all right. Well, that's a big trade, and then uh, Aaron Rodgers is signing a deal with Green Bay. It's been reported as $150 million guaranteed. Four years, $200 million. And so that'll be about $50 million a year. Now, some of this is funny money. They can backload some of it and and keep a little room handy in this next season to do some other things with, uh, uh, you know, as far as Devontae Adams. They're going to put the franchise tag on Devontae Adams I think obviously Aaron Rodgers will desperately want him back, and uh, just an amazing, amazing deal. Uh, most of his teammates seem very excited for him and uh, to have Aaron Rodgers back. I, you know, Jordan Love. I don't know what it means for him. First-round pick out of Nevada. I would think it means he's going to get traded maybe for a second round pick and they'll move on down the road we appreciate that uh, everything you guys have brought to the table today we will come to you live tomorrow uh you'll have you'll hear from john morris at three and you'll hear from our show at four o'clock live from kansas city for the big 12 men's and women's tournaments until then have a great evening we'll see you soon
4: this is the Spectrum Big 12 Shoot Around, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference basketball. Now, here's the voice of the Bears.
7: It's time for a check of Big 12 basketball in today's Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround. Coming up, we'll hear from the Big 12 Conference Coach of the Year for a third consecutive year. It is Baylor head coach Scott Drew who took his Bears to a co-championship in the league this season. We'll hear from Coach Drew straight ahead on today's Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround.
4: The Baylor Bookstore is your spot for all the gear John and the crew wear. Available 24 hours, 7 days a week at
1: BaylorShop.com. Hey folks, John Morris for the Brunerado family. If you're thinking of